I'm your host, David Frost. This is my strategic forecast where you get common sense market analysis. Hey folks, David Frost, my strategic forecaster here for another episode of Common Sense Market Analysis. Today is Wednesday, January 9, 2019. We're looking at a daily chart of the SPY or Spider, which is the proxy for the S&P 500. The market tried to rally again, however, was kind of rejected, tried a couple of times, but we finished with what I like to call a pseudo doji candle. Yesterday, we talked about the fact that I'm not in love with that doji candle from yesterday. So today we had higher prices. I got a little flack for that, but that's okay. It's a free thinking channel. Everybody's entitled to think whatever they want. That's what makes a great market. You and I can be on the same side of a trade. We can be on opposite sides of a trade. We're both looking at the same market, the same information, the same chart. It doesn't matter. The point is, is that... It's how we interpret the information we're looking at that creates the opportunity for a trade in one direction or another. That's what's so great about the market. So let's get into where I think we go from here. Are there higher prices? Do we sell off? I've got somewhat of a schematic, I believe. So let's go over some of the details. Before we do that, let me just pause and make mention that I want to thank everybody who participates and comments and posts underneath the video each and every day. I appreciate the interaction. Keep up the great work. In addition, please hit the thumbs up button on the video and share the video with anybody that you think can benefit from this information. Okay, let's get back to the chart. There's two schools of thought going on. There's two camps. There's always two camps. So here are the two camps right now. The market's gone too far too fast. We never went low enough. We're going to collapse again. We're going lower. That's camp number one. We'll call that the red team. We might as well have a color war. Then we have the blue team. The blue team is all is well. The market made a bottom in December. We're finished with the correction. Let's just move on. We're going to make higher highs. That's what the blue team is saying. For us, we're in neither team. The blue and the red team, they'll ultimately lose. Even if they're right, the market traditionally won't let them have the big win. We're not concerned with them. We're concerned with us. We're concerned with how do we make money in the short term? Where's the market going from here? Well, we certainly can't say X, Y, and Z is going to happen tomorrow. That's not what I'm here to say. But we can take a look at the charts and we can say if, in fact, we get below or get above certain numbers, then certain things are likely to take place. We do that on short-term charts. We do that on longer-term charts. And that's also why I don't find the need to have a debate with anybody about what the longer-term picture looks like, whether it's bullish or bearish, whether that person thinks we're going down another 50% in the market or another person thinks we're going up 25% and it's all going to happen within a year or two. I don't really care because in between, I'm going to have so many trades in the correct direction with the current trend and at the same time, for half that time or more than half that time, those other people will be fighting the trend. I'm not bullish. I'm not bearish. I'm just trying to read the market. That's where I think some of you have a misunderstanding of what we're doing here. I don't really care 
which way it goes. All right, so let's put that soapbox back in the garage. Let's discuss what's what. So, yeah, the market certainly has gone a little bit too far, too fast. It is long in the tooth. Now, I've been calling for higher prices, and that's not over yet. But if you go back to the past videos over the last several days, I kept discussing the fact that if we have another short squeeze, it's likely to happen sooner, and it's going to happen very, very quickly. Well, the way I look at the market is, at least from today's standpoint leading into tomorrow, if it hasn't happened already, we're probably more likely to have a pullback than another short squeeze in the near term. And when I say near term, I'm not talking about like the next month or so. I'm talking about like the next several hours to the next few days. So here's the way I'm looking at it. I'm going to talk out of both sides of my mouth for a second, but I have no choice. I think we're still going higher. I think they'll still get up into this zone between 263 and 265. And they can certainly do it tomorrow. But I was looking for a quicker move, and the fact that we haven't got it yet leads me to believe that we're more likely to get a pullback first, which will have everybody believing that we've already topped out and that we're going to make lower lows or retest the lows or some story they want to believe. That's fine. I don't believe we're done with the upside yet, so here's the strategy I'm using. Here's the hourly chart. Now, before we get started on what I think is going to take place and what my plan is based on what happens, right? I obviously have to make the decisions in real time, but look what happened. Yesterday, we discussed the fact that this was a bearish wedge pattern, and we would likely get one of two outcomes leading into Wednesday morning. Outcome number one is we would gap above the high of the breakdown candle, and that's exactly what happened. The other outcome was that the bearish wedge pattern would lead the market to lower prices, not by all that much, but that would be the way we would start the day. Well, what was interesting was actually both things happened, not that pattern playing out, but we did have a gap higher, and then we did have a morning sell-off. And that created opportunity. The market recovered and went higher and even made a run for the S&P 2600. That's a big fat round number. It's a psychological number. So on the first shot, I'm not surprised they didn't actually get to it. Sometimes they'll spike through it. Sometimes they won't get to it. You never know exactly which one it's going to be. Then maybe they trade away from it, which is what I'm suggesting. Maybe tomorrow, maybe even into Friday, and then they make another run for some of these higher prices. That's what I think is one of the scenarios on the table. So let's say I'm right. Just for argument's sake, in a hypothetical scenario, the market goes down Thursday morning. Maybe it goes down a little. Maybe it goes down a lot. Maybe it goes down for a couple of days. We don't know. But I'm preparing in the event that one thing or the other might take place. Well, here's the thought process. What do markets like to do? Markets like to come back and test former breakout and former breakdown areas. Where's the nearest obvious breakout area? Well, let's call it 255. What's the one below that? Remember when I was looking for 253 in that neighborhood a couple of mornings ago? We never got there, and then the market took off to the upside. Well, in the event that we do sell off, I'll be taking a look at 255, I'll be taking a much harder look down around 253 if the market decides 
to scare everybody. Now, remember, pay attention to what I'm saying. I'm not saying it is going down. I'm saying if it goes down, I have a plan because I would like to buy the market on a discount based on the fact that I think it still has higher prices in store. If that happened and the market did go lower and I did step in to buy the market, remember, I'm still going to be aware that I can be wrong and that this could be a top in the market and we could go back down. I am trading this market. At the time, if I do enter a trade, I'll know where I will be wrong and I manage accordingly. Now, what happens if the other side takes place? What happens if we continue higher? Well, for me... I'm out of almost all of my long trades from the shopping spree in December. I still have this one though. Remember 25, 26 in that neighborhood. There was a reason why I brought this up the other day because this is also right out of the course. The whole thing. Every reason to be in the trade, every reason to be long CGC, and every reason to continue to be long CGC is right here on the chart, and it's taught right out of the course. I know some of you are in this right alongside me, and here's the after hours quote. I don't even know what's going on. I haven't checked the news. I really don't care. $35, this is aftermarket activity as I make this video. Pretty cool. Speaking of pretty cool... Most of you know about this already. This is a redesign, and it's still a work in progress, and a combination of two products that I already provide. One for my morning gap trading folks. And remember, earnings season is coming up, so the gap trades are going to get to the bonanza level pretty quickly here in a few days. And then there was a different email that goes out to traders that have taken the lazy e-mini trader course and want my morning notes and certain particular price levels. Well, I expanded that. And I combined the two, and what we came up with is the morning notes. And I want you to pay attention to a couple of things, because if anybody thinks this is nonsense, it's not. I want you to read the last paragraph. Keep in mind that many times we get an early morning pullback in the markets. Now, this is after the market was gapping higher this morning, right? Traders that have interest in the long side, and I've been saying long the market, right, for higher prices would look for market support around the 2575 2570 area. This is representative of the S&P E-mini. The corresponding levels in the spiders are also in this report as well. And some traders use the NASDAQ. All markets are trading together. But here's the bottom line. Basically around the area of the gap left open from yesterday's close. Sound familiar? We had the same trade on Tuesday. Hourly closes below that area would hint of something different going on, which would mean I'm not necessarily comfortable being long the market if we were to close hourly below that area. Well, let's scroll up the report a little bit and see what we have. We had a morning gap trade. This didn't get to our level, almost got there, had a tremendous rally from just north of 150, almost got there, didn't quite get there. It was down 20%, almost nailed it to the penny. We do that often. Here's the index numbers, and you can peruse this for yourself. But there's something else I want to point out because part of this is stocks on the move. Now, AT&T, I thought that would have a little bit of a rally if it sold off in the morning, and it never did. It just got stuck, and it just floundered around 30 bucks all day. So it was really nothing doing with an AT&T trade. Nothing happened. But Oracle, on the other hand, Oracle made a low today right about 20 cents below this entry price of $46.75. Here was the risk, stop, which is an hourly close. HC stands for hourly close below 46.47. That's close to risk. 
Let's take a look at Oracle. Here's a daily chart. Very easy to understand. The low of the day on Oracle was 46.61. Here's a 10-minute chart. The low in the first candle of the day, 46.56. What was the number on the inside the numbers page? $46.75. Where did Oracle close? 47.78. Not a bad day trade. Here's a 10-minute chart of the spiders. Here's the morning sell-off. This is the 10.50 candle making a low at 2.56.19 on low. And you can see the corresponding level in the S&P E-mini futures contract. This is the continuous contract. I have numbers on the other chart that I'm not necessarily prepared to show right now. But look, the corresponding level, the low of the day was 25.69 in the morning notes. I said in the 25.75 to 25.70 area, I'm a willing buyer of the market. What happened after that? The rest is obvious. I'm just saying, I like the fact that I think I'm able to help people out there. There are people out there making money. Make no bones about it. I get the emails every single day. And I appreciate them. I want to know. All right, let's get back to the market. I apologize for wasting some time in there, but I thought it was important to show you a copy of what some traders are getting and they're actually finding very useful. We've only had it a few days, so it's kind of a work in progress, but it's going to be launched pretty soon. And based on feedback, I'm only going to make it better. We can look around the other markets. This is the transports. You know, this is my favorite market leading indicator. And here we go. Here's a diverging chart from everything we just discussed. So the transports have a nice healthy up day up 1.4% and we close above yesterday's high. Now that certainly is a bullish sign. Yesterday we put in a doji candle. I told you I wasn't buying the story of the doji candle on the spider chart. We were talking about the fact that the transports have been really a wonderful canary in the coal mine for a long, long time. Really a long, long time. Believe me on that one. Way longer than I've been making any of these videos. And here, the transports are saying higher prices are coming. So it'll be interesting to see what happens tomorrow. I'll tell you this. Here's a proxy for you. Let's say the market sells off. The broader stock market sells off. If the transports can stay above today's low, that's a very, very bullish sign. That would have to be on hourly closes and then certainly a daily close. If we stay above today's low and close up there, even if the market, meaning the spiders, the Dow, doesn't make any difference, if the market has a sell day and the transports close above today's low, that's a bullish sign. Write that one down. The Qs. We've been talking about destinations. Look, the Qs look like the destination is the 50-period moving average. But what happens? It happens all the time. Looks like it's a chip shot away. And then all of a sudden, they don't get there. They pull back. Doesn't look like they're going to get there. The news turns terrible. Looks like we're going to sell off for weeks to come. And then all of a sudden, what happens? We shoot up. They do the 50. And then they do a whole lot more. I don't know if that will happen, but I've read that book before. Over in the financial complex, the broker-dealers, same routine. A chip shot away from the 50-period moving average. Are they going to do it tomorrow or Friday, spike through it, or are they going to fake everybody out and have a couple of down days just to keep everybody honest? We're going to find out sooner than later. The XLF had a pretty decent day, up about four-tenths of one percent, but here we're also running into some resistance. We've been up a lot in a very short period of time. Think about how much the markets overall have been up 
since the day after Christmas, since the bottom. The markets are up a tremendous amount. And by the way, go back to the videos. Remember discussing a couple of things that are extremely important and write these down as well. Remember discussing the fact that I said when the market finds a bottom, the rally is going to be fast. It's going to be tremendous. The S&P is going to be up 150 handles or more before anybody even turns around. That absolutely did happen. Now we're up as of today's high from the bottom that was made the day after Christmas. That represents about 250 points in the S&P. 250 handles. We talked about that number. That's one of the reasons that the market found resistance today, believe it or not. I don't want to get into the specifics around that, but that does play a part. Think about it like this. Those of you that have taken either of my courses know that I toy around with certain things different than everybody else, and one of them might ring a bell that coincides with the fact that we did find resistance after the S&P went from bottom to today's high around 250 points. I just find it interesting. I actually find it fascinating. How about the SMH? The SMH up 2.5% today. Really a great, tremendous rally in the SMH. So one way or the other, money was either rotating into or shorts were covering in the semiconductor space. We'll find out sooner than later which one it was. Again, chip shot away from the 50-period moving average, natural area of resistance. Will we get there in the short term or will they make us wait? We'll find out. Gold, we talked about being into resistance in gold. I would have thought that we would have sold off more already at the resistance point we did. That leads me to believe that their target is higher prices. So what I'm suggesting is there's a destination. Now, I don't know there's a destination higher, but to me, the chart looks like it wants to go higher. It's in an uptrend. All the moving averages are sloping upward. It certainly had an opportunity to go down into a more important area of resistance. This leads me to believe that the destination is higher prices. Crude oil, look at that move in crude oil all the way up to $52.58. I'll tell you something else too, and you can go back and look in this video at that chart. All those numbers of the indexes, that was crude oil on the right-hand side. The high today was 52.58. The number on that sheet was 52.60, among other numbers, but that's interesting in and of itself. And we talked about this area anyway in these videos. It would be a natural area of resistance. Look what happened. We just rallied back to test a former breakdown area. Where have you ever heard that before? And with that, folks, I'm out of wind. I'm going to wrap it here tonight. I'm David Frost, my strategic forecast. Thanks for tuning in for another episode of Common Sense Market Analysis. My Strategic Forecast is hosted by David Frost. Subscribe, rate, and review on your favorite podcast app. And please visit MyStrategicForecast.com for more information. My Strategic Forecast is common sense market analysis.